0: Our scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, which can be found in your Pew Bible on page 879. First, let us pray. Holy God, giver of all light, open us that we might know your word and learn anew how to follow you. Amen. Listen now for the word of God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When the wise men had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. When I was in high school, I attended a retreat with other Presbyterian youth on a mountaintop in Tennessee. It was an unusually clear night, so a few of us walked out to a field so we could lay on the ground and look up at the stars. It was a cold night, I remember, and we shivered and huddled together for warmth. Soon someone brought blankets, so we forgot about the cold because there were so many stars in the sky, more stars than any of us had ever seen. We felt closer to the sky on top of the mountain, closer to each other as we ooed and awed over falling stars, and closer to God as we spent most of the evening in silent wonder at the expansiveness of the universe and a majesty beyond our imaginations. I didn't know a thing about astronomy or what to look for beyond falling stars and the Big Dipper. All I knew is that I felt a sense of complete wonder. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. I wonder what it was like to be one of the wise men that night. The wise men likely were astronomers and mystics, so watching the night sky was their life's work. And they lived in a time when people believed that anything unusual happening in the sky had significant meaning for us on Earth. We're not exactly sure what they saw that night, just that they observed the star at its rising. What did they see? Had they waited their whole lives for an event such as this? Had astronomers waited before them too? What about this star was different? How did they know? And can't you see them ooing and awing as the star rises, pondering what it means, in total disbelief at what they saw, yet trusting what they saw? knowing together that it was time to pack their bags and go, feeling compelled to follow the star to who knows where. It was about this time last year in my life that I had a sense an intuition that a huge change was on the horizon in my life. I didn't know what it was about, I had just marked 20 years of living in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you'd asked me 20 years ago if I would end up making Louisville my home, I would not have believed you, because I moved there for a one-year intern position and had no plans to stay. If you'd asked me 20 years ago if I would end up attending Louisville Seminary and earning two master's degrees and becoming an ordained minister, I would not have believed you because I felt that graduate degrees were for people far smarter and ordained ministry was for people far more faithful. If you'd asked me a year ago if I'd be leaving the home and community I loved and moving to Kansas City for a dream position in a remarkable congregation, probably I would not have believed you. But I might have, I might have, only because I had this strange intuition deep within that a monumental change was on my horizon. It was also this time last year, exactly a year ago, that I was homesick and unable to attend worship on the first Sunday of the year, which was a complete bummer, not just because I was missing church, but because I love this story of the Magi and the child. I love the story of Epiphany, where we celebrate God's light breaking into the world. And I love an Epiphany ritual that my church did called Star Words. Notice I didn't say Star Wars, but Star Words. Every Sunday on the first Sunday of the year on Epiphany, our church gave out star words. They're little paper stars like this one with one word printed on them, a word having to do with a spiritual life. So the invitation was to draw a word out of the basket and to carry this word with you throughout the year, to carry it in your heart and to use it to reflect on your relationship with God. Getting a star word on Epiphany is something I looked forward to, so I was extra bummed to miss church that day, but then excited to remember that my pastor friend Carrie gives out star words through social media every year. So I hit Carrie up for a word, and I waited in excitement and anticipation. Except the word she drew for me was meekness. Meekness. What in the world was I going to do with that? I'll be honest. I knew I was supposed to be all spiritual with it, but I wanted to give meekness back. I associated meekness negatively with being weak and helpless. Being meek as a female sounded to me like that old saying, women should be seen and not heard, and meek and mild. I admit that wasn't very appealing. So I told a friend about my conundrum. I said, my star word is meekness. I got a journey with meekness all year? And he had a completely different take. He said, Melanie, jesus said blessed are the meek blessed are the meek okay i said i will sit with meekness maybe there's something to learn here Except that didn't last very long because, lo and behold, I get to church the next Sunday and there's a basket of star words left over from the previous Sunday for anyone who missed church and wanted to get a star. (laughs) Uh Aha, I thought, I'll get a new star. I reached in and pulled out a word, and the word was guidance. Now, guidance was something I could work with. Remember that sense, that intuition I had that something huge was on the horizon? Ah, I thought, guidance I need. And as it turned out, guidance was something I continually had to seek last year because the big change that was to take place in my life is that I began searching for a new call to ministry. Where I'd previously thought I would stay in Louisville, I felt God calling me to look beyond Louisville to other positions and places I had never dreamed possible. And a year later, that intuition is realized. Thanks to God's guidance, I find myself in Kansas City in a dream position in a remarkable congregation. And you know what, in the midst of all that seeking of God's guidance, I realized that meekness is just as big a part of the equation as guidance. Guidance and meekness go together. It turns out we can't truly seek God's guidance without a healthy dose of meekness. I needed meekness in order to be open, in order to follow God's call on my life. Over and over again, I found myself tapping into meekness, tapping into openness, with a profound sense of awe and wonder at the whole process. Not unlike what I experienced on the mountaintop, under the stars, not unlike what the Magi must have felt in their excitement and anticipation as they saw the star rising. Matthew says that when they reached the Christ child, they were overwhelmed with joy. They have brought three very expensive gifts on a long, arduous journey from another country. And what are these gifts? We know this. The first one is gold. The second one is frankincense. And the third one is myrrh. But all of that goes by the wayside when they arrive. They are overwhelmed with joy. They bow down and worship him first. First, they give their hearts. Then they open their treasure chests and present him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So the fourth gift of the Magi, the gift of themselves, the gift of their hearts, was actually the first gift they offered to baby Jesus. The star has led them to the right place, Their study and intuition and faith and trust have led them to the right place. For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. That is why they went. That is why they followed. To pay him homage. And isn't that our story too? that we observe his star rising in our lives and come to pay him homage. We have journeyed through the season of Advent and Christmas once again. We have heard the story and sung the carols once again. We know this star, we know where it leads. And yet how hard is it sometimes to follow the path illuminated before us. We get lost in the mess of life. We get lost in our fears at being on the brink of an escalating war. We get lost in our despair as we watch the fires in Australia ravage a continent, an entire species. But when we're quiet and we find ourselves on a clear night looking up at the stars, sometimes we are open enough, meek enough, bold enough to let the light break through and reach us. So I invite you to take the Magi with you into this year. I invite you to take the light and hope of the star, the light and hope of the Christ child, right into the mess of life. Whether it's getting through your own tough day to day, or finding solutions to global crises, we are in it together. And the light of Christ has the power to lead the way If we follow. If you would like, there are star words for you in baskets as you leave worship this morning. You are welcome to draw a star and take it with you. I'll say that the stars are upside down in the basket for a reason. (laughs) No rifling through or giving words back or choosing one you like better, like I did last year. (laughs) Because trust me, it will stay with you. Even meekness will follow you all year. (laughs) But let the word choose you. Even if you draw a word that doesn't make sense to you right now, it's okay. Be patient. Let it work on your heart. For those who are listening in online, if you would like us to draw a star, we are happy to do that. Just call the church at the main number, 913-262-4200, and we will be happy to draw a star for you. What to do with your word? Pray with it. Put it up somewhere you can see it every day. Watch for the ways it shows up. Pay attention to how it points you to God. See how observing this little paper star might help you remember to pay homage, to follow Jesus, and to continually open yourself to the light and love of God breaking into your life and into the world. Let us pray. O God, we seek to follow you the way the Magi did, in faith and trust. Stay with us and guide us. Guide us to thy perfect light. Amen.